Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, here's your host, Dave Wyman. Hey, welcome to Hawks Live. We're here live at the Snoqualmie Casino. It's the penultimate Hawks Live. That's a $25 wow. word for saying second to last. Second to last Hawks Live here. Before we get into, uh, got Paul Moyer and Michael Bumpus. I'm Dave Wyman, and uh, we're going to get into, we're going to do our own opponent preview this time. I like it. We don't need anybody no, else. We don't need no stinking preview. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, later on, we're going to talk on the phone with Cody Barton. Uh, we'll talk to Professor John Clayton, of course, and then Paul Gallant from the morning show. Uh, he had a uh, little video game, NBA 2K 2020 with George Fant. He you know, tapes that, and uh, you know they play a little video game and have a little chat. What's the last video game you played, Dave? Um, hmm, it was called Age of Empires on my computer about 10 or 12 years ago. I would spend like four or five hours on that, and I'm like, you know, the time I spent this year playing that video game, I could have learned another language. <laughs> I could have learned how to play the guitar. I could have done all kinds of things, so I made myself stop. But how about you? Um, I had to whoop my son in Madden yeah. last night to yeah, remind for him. You. Oh, okay. By the way, we're, we're giving it, we, he and I just did a little uh, fist pump there. Cause, yeah, for those of you, you that are listening on yes. radio, what about you? God, this isn't. I was praying you guys wouldn't even ask me this because uh, I used to be Pong. a video key. No, I I was a video guy that my kids. I would come home from work or I'd be traveling, and back then it was a lot of uh, Nintendo. Yeah, and and yeah. I would always I would stay up till two o'clock in the morning. And I would beat the levels. They'd come down the next morning, and and oh, Dad, I can't believe you did that. But I, I kid you not, it, it was it was like Super Mario Kart is how long ago it's yeah. been because oh i mentioned pong because that came out by atari yeah, and that you, was Dave. really just a paddle it was that went hard, up and Dave. down yeah. and a ball that and that was like fascinating to everyone but centipede as, centipede you know yeah, centipede you're going was good. that was a tough one as much as i would like to talk about paul's let's exploits keep going. Let's of keep video going, games Dave. let's get <laughs> into on. what happened last week yeah how about that against the minnesota vikings and uh, listen i I thought the, the most important thing coming out of that game was, first of all, putting 218 yards, once again, on a top-10 run defense. Yeah. And that's a physical front seven. I mean, Linval, Joseph, Shamar Steven, uh, Griffin. I mean, uh, their linebacker core is really good. Yeah, Daniil Hunter. Barr, Kendrick. They, yeah, they punched him in the mouth and you know put 218 yards on him. And then, you know, pretty hard-hitting defensive performance and my favorite play guys was Quandre Diggs yeah, coming yeah. up and smoking uh, Irv Smith Jr. who's our tight end but uh, what was the thing uh, for you guys that was the most impressive about that win? Um, I think for me it was that we I felt like we dominated a really good football team and I know the score ended up being much closer than it was mm -hmm. and even at, at halftime and Bump you and I talked about it, it I felt like we were in control of that game even though we were down 17 to 10 I, I felt we gave them everything that first drive we missed two tackles that was 67 yards with their 83 you know, I, I thought there was three there could have been Jaron Reed had I, one I, that was I could maybe yeah I could 
What yes. was the what was the yardage that you had? Extra Six, yardage? I think it was 60, 63. 63, 60, between sixty three and sixty seven. I can't remember yeah, now. Right. Um, but it, you know, they were too big because the the first one was the one on KJ where he tried to shoulder tackle, and that was for thirty seven yards. Right. Um, the next one was digs on digs, and that was about twenty twenty six, twenty seven. I think. Yeah, it was upset. I want to say it was t- about sixty three yards when I when I added it up at the time. Yeah. Um, and and so again, we to me we gave that to them. You know, you throw the crazy intercept. Right. So now there's 14 points, and then I just thought the way we played the, the two-minute, not even a two-minute drill, I just thought we didn't manage the clock, sorry, Pete, very well. We, we, we could have easily have gotten that well under a minute when we went into that final two or three plays and left them with you know no time left on the clock. Um, doesn't matter. We're down 17-10. I felt like we were in control. I felt like we were dominating the offensive side. Here's what it really struck me. You asked that question. You know what struck me is I thought we made a really good football team look not very good. And you know, on offense and defense. I just if we played them again, I got I think we beat them eight, nine, ten out of time or eight, nine out of ten times. So that's what impressed me. It was that to me a signature win that I felt we dominated and we we've had some good signature wins. You go the Rams you know San Francisco certainly, and then and Minnesota game, all three. You know barn burners at, at, to to an extent. Um, I just feel we're we're peaking at the right time. Yeah, I I look back at that game. The thing that impressed me the most are the the names that are popping up. Rasheem Green made a play. Uh, McDougal had a had a, a fumble that he scooped up. Tyler Lockett didn't have his best game. I think he's still affected by the injury and the illness. So DK Metcalf steps up with six catches, 75 yards. Uh, Jacob Hollister at that tight end spot where the, the Hawks have lost three tight ends this year. Jacob Hollister steps up with, with uh, six catches for 44. And then you look at that backfield, you've got a two-headed monster now. And not only did Rashad Penny help in the run game, he helped in the pass game too. He had four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. So it's just the way that they're producing now. They're producing on defense um, by causing turnovers, making plays. And now on, on the offensive side, Guys are stepping up. Now you feel like you can rely on a penny. You can rely on a DK Metcalf even though he still had his fumble. We want to get rid of that. Um, Josh Gordon, he's just Mr. Slant. All he does is run a slant these days. It's a third down. You want to isolate him. You put him on the other side of a trips. Boom, you got a slant there. So it's just I like seeing different names pop up on the stat sheet. It's nice to have your, your go-to guys, your Lockets, your Carson, your, uh, your Russell. But when everyone starts to join the party, when Trey Flowers has two weeks in a row where he has a pick, that's awesome. So the more names that fill up the stat sheet, the better. When you get deep into the playoffs and it's time to make a play, you're going to rely on your go-tos. But every now and then, you need a David Moore to step up and have a catch for 60 yards and a touchdown. It's all about those twos and threes contributing early so that later in the playoffs, you know you can count on them. That's Michael Bumpus. We're at Hawks Live up here at the Snoqualmie Casino. Paul Moyer also. Um, you know, I thought the, the thing about Rashad Penny is he's starting to get confidence now. And he's a very physical player. He's very interesting to watch because he does not look like he's moving that fast. Yeah. But he's got great feet. He runs away from people. That 2018 draft, I think, is going to be the 2012 draft. Starting to be pretty good. Disley, I talked to Will down on the field before uh, the game started, and you know he's coming off that uh, surgery on his Achilles, and he's had patella tendon Achilles now, and he was basically giving me the pep talk that I was prepared to give him. And he was like, hey, you know what? I, I felt sorry for myself for a little while, but you know, there was some of that, but now I'm just I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm working hard. I'm, I'm going to get over it. But, I mean, he's part of that group where – you know, Rashad Penny now coming on. You mentioned Rasheem Green. 
love that kid, Michael Dixon, and and really Fla- Jacob Martin, who we traded away. He, How far he's back down there. Is, was Fla- Flowers in that group too? Right? Yeah, Trey yeah, Flowers Trey is Flowers. in that group, and uh, Jamarco Jones too. Oh, God, Jamarco, so. he, we, they got to find more playing time for him. The first series, yeah. he's first series he was in, the way he widened that go- or the tackle and. That was Carson's best run at the point in the game. Let me let me ask you guys this. Take away Russell Wilson. Which position right now is playing the best? And it, it's it's one of those I've been racking my brain about. And Based I, on la- the last game? Just, let's just go to the last uh, four games. Let's break yeah. things out into quarters. I'd say D-line. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's been the difference. And uh, I talked to Jaron Reed today. He was talking about how they've turned him loose. Yeah. A little bit. And then later on the day, we talked to Quentin Jefferson, and he said, yeah, we were kind of moving sideways a little bit. Now they're going north-south, and they're just all out pass rush, you know, letting them do what they do best. And I think that's been the biggest difference. Uh, the safeties are playing really well. Yeah, together. I was going to say I was going to say secondary. secondary. Yeah. I, I love the addition of Quandre. He come, he's coming down. He's making plays. He has a pick. Trey Flowers has a couple of picks in the last two or three weeks. Uh, Shaquille's holding down the other side. I believe he's like top three in the league when it comes to pass yeah. defenses. Um, McDougal's and, play, making plays. All McDougal's over the making field. plays. I mean, yeah. he ha- he has a, a pick and, and, a, and a, a fumble recovery in the last few weeks. So I really like the play of the secondary. You know, because I, I, the reason why I asked that, I, I went and watched the game. You know, as you guys know, we we were we get the the end zone or coaches real and i just i i I really need to see i go are they as good as i think they're playing right now and you don't know until you really watch the the tape they're playing that well and and it's not just the secondary but boy the secondary is tight on coverage they're now making the quarterback have to make really tough contested throws and they have to make a really quick decision usually turnovers start coming from that and we've seen that over the last three games the offensive line is starting yeah. to wear teams down. We are so big and massive. In, in most of this league, we're going to find out th- this week, most of this league is about rushing the quarterback. They're not about taking on the run. And so now we're getting into this fourth quarter where, you know, Dave, and, and, and you know, Bump, you, you get worn down. I mean, this is really the 16th game. You've already played 16 games counting preseason. We played 12, you know, and then we're... Yeah, we play twelve or ten and two. You're tired. You're beat up, and man, it's those are the most fickle, or they're physical and big, who really start to make a difference there. And then I look at the defensive line. I go, man, what they're doing, and you know, they're doing a great job against the run, and they're still getting pressure. Clowney is ridiculous. I mean, you go and watch this last tape, and he doesn't and he's show not even up in fully stats. healthy. It, it, and he doesn't show up a ton in the stats, you guys, but in the run game and just the pressure and the hustle yeah. and just the little things. And it's the little things that matter if you're going to be a special team. And 10 and 2 is special. You There's talk, very few teams. You talk about there. the little things. I saw, there's a play I saw Anza run all the way to the sideline. He didn't make the play. I think it was like a screenplay that the Vikings ran, but he ran all the way to the sideline and yeah. was there just in case. Um, so that lets me know that he's getting healthy, too. He's getting into shape because, uh, man, you, at, you ask a D lineman to play sideline to sideline, um, they're not going to be too happy about that. But the want to and the desire to make the play lets me know that, one, they're playing confidence and they want this, and, two, that he's feeling good. And I feel like that's kind of what the D line were missing. Coming into this year, it was Clowney Ansa. That was the talk. Clowney Ansa. Clowney Ansa. Wait, wait till Reed gets better. And we haven't seen much out of Ansa until these last few weeks. So I think that bye week late in the season was crucial as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys get their bye weeks early. I think that bye week came just at the right time. Guys are rejuvenated. Some guys went to Cabo. Some guys went to Hawaii. You get to <laughs> recharge. You get with your family. And now it's time to go. I just love the intensity that this defense is 
playing with right now. Well, you can hear the excitement in our voices talking about this team because there's so many things we could talk about. We didn't talk about the run game, uh, running backs. Yeah, I forgot I about mean, them. I, yeah, they're they're so. an afterthought, and they're playing at you know an elite level right yeah. now. Yeah, and like you said, Mike, uh, you know, you look at uh, the the guys catching passes and everything. If at the beginning of the year you would have said it was that group, you would have thought. I mean, Tyler Lockett didn't even have a catch. So, well, I'll tell you what, we'll dive a little bit into the Rams. Uh, did they figure things out last week, or did they just? feast on a really bad defense it's paul moyer michael bumpus dave wyman and uh, we'll do that next on hawks live hawks live every thursday from seven to nine live at snoqualmie casino on 710 espn seattle Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, and Michael Bumpus. We're out at the Snoqualmie Casino. Do a little bit of an opponent preview here. It's uh, This is an interesting team, the Rams, coming up. And I, I know that you could say that, look, the Seahawks were six or eight inches or whatever it was that that field goal missed by uh, from losing that game to the Rams last time. I'll say this. I'm not sure where the Rams are, but this is a much different Seahawks team than when they faced the Rams the first time around. And... But, you know, here's been my take, guys. I Every time somebody tells you that, uh, that, that an offense or a defense is revolutionary and it's going to change the NFL and everything, don't buy it. Because NFL defenses always catch up. And one of the, the biggest parts of what their offense was, in my mind, was that fly sweep. Yeah, I said this a million times on my show when I was the D coordinator at uh, Interlake in 2007, Paul. I, uh, I had Liberty High School, and we worked on the fly sweep all week, Michael. I mean, it was like stay in your gap, stay home, everything. You know, that was part of what they were doing. And then, you know, they were running screens, and they had the timing and everything. I feel like this timing has been disrupted. People have figured it out, and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm not so sure about Jared Goff. If he's a guy like Russell Wilson that can go out and just win a game for you, or is he because... You know, he's got a really good coach. Is he that good because of that? And they've got a really good scheme that fits him at that time. But when things break down, you know, I, I'm not seeing, you know, they're. And then the other thing is their run game. They're only averaging 94 yards a game. They're 25th in the NFL. Where do you guys see, Mike? I'll start with you. Where are the Rams? What kind of a team is this right now? They're at 7 and 5. Seven and five. I think they are slightly better than their record. I watched these guys on film. Todd Gurley doesn't seem like the same Todd Gurley anymore. That first step isn't as explosive. And what I what I'm seeing teams do is when you run against that fly sweep, it's all about setting that edge, right? And a lot of teams are giving them that sixty one box look, six down linemen, one back of there, and trying to control the edge and this past game, what I feel McVay did a great job of, he's letting his talent do the work for him. They threw like eight to ten screens last game. They're not asking Goff to go down the field. I believe Goff only had about nine passes past ten yards of the last game. When you ask Goff to sit back and count to three and, and make that deep throw, he doesn't throw an accurate ball. He doesn't throw the Russell Wilson ball where there's a guy in your hip um, and I'm going to put it in the window where only my receiver can get it. Now, they're talented. You look at the receiver, there's Woods, there's Cooks, there's, there's Cup. They got some guys on the outside. They can play. If they, if they can get these guys the ball, I think they become dangerous. And if 
the Seahawks allow them that space to run those screens, to run those hitches, so where those guys can get the balls in their hands and run. I think that's where McVay has grown a bit. He's like, you know what, I'm not going to try to design the most confusing, greatest play in the world. I'm going to start these guys in a tight formation. I'm always going to motion a guy, and now I'm just going to take the little stuff and let these young legs work for me. So offensively, I think they need to be respected still. They're still dangerous because of the girlies, the, the cups, the cooks, um, and the woods. But I think that this defense is also playing at such a high level that no one they don't fear anybody. They, they see a woods, and they feel like they can line up and handle this guy. So as long as the Hawks tackle well, I think they'll be able to contain this guy and then put pressure on golf. We all know golf does not like pressure. What is he, 13 touchdowns, 11 picks, or something like that? Uh, 13, uh, and 13 and 12. 13 uh-huh. touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He's got a quarterback rating of 84, which in today's world is a loser. I mean, you just that, that doesn't you don't stick around in the, in the league very long with a QB rating of 84. In the old days, 84, you know, you're you're a starter, uh, but not today. You know, Dave, I, I always say I, I've met some great coaches in my life. I've never met a genius. There, there's no genius coaches. I mean, you either run it or you pass it. I've seen the wing tee. I've seen the the wishbone. I've seen the veer. I've seen the fly sweep. I've seen. The, the run and shoot. I've seen um, the pistol. spread. I've seen pistol. I've seen everything. What they did last year, it wasn't that he was a genius. So I will say he understood his, his personnel. And I think McVay is a fantastic coach. I think he's a great leader. I think he understands people. And I think he's going to be a great coach for a long time. He's not a genius. He didn't all of a sudden come into this league and say, hey, I'm running something no one's ever seen. And right. We've all seen it. But what they do and what they did exceptionally well the two years previous and then last year and then this year it's fallen off is they had the best offensive line in the league. And when you can protect Goff and run those deep, you, you call them sail routes, I call them flag routes, yeah. deep crossing routes, whatever you want to call them. But when you can go from one side of the field all the way over to the other side of the sideline, and you've got that much time to throw, there's not a defense in the league that can stop that. Now you can't protect as well. And you, the salary cap, they paid so many guys so much money. The four or five guys now is about 80% of their salary cap. That's insane. I mean, you can't now, you can't field the team anymore. So they still have five, six, seven, eight phenomenal players, but their role players aren't as good anymore. Now you have to rely on rookies. You know, um, is it is it rap from from University of Washington? You know, he had his first pick touchdown last yeah. week, but last week they played the thirty second defense in the league in Arizona, the thirty second, I believe, um, pass defense in the league. Goff had by far his best game. Yep. They did the things that they've done in the past the last two three years. I just don't know if that works in this game, and more importantly, their line is still. They've, you know, Aaron Donald's the best player in the league. There's no question. They're not built to stop the run. They're not built to play a physical football game. I think that's what we're going to bring to this game. Yeah, well, we'll see what uh, what happens with. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Joey Hunt, and I'm not sure he's 300 pounds, you know. But um, we'll see. I thought he did a great job last week. You know, he's moving some big guys. But... Dave, you ever heard of check with me? Yeah. Where's Aaron Donald? Yeah. Check with me. We're going that way. Right. The other exactly. way away from him. Yeah, but it, you know. The other thing is the run game. So last year they go to the Super Bowl and lose, but they had the number three run game in the NFL. I think they're running for around around 140 per game. They're number 25 right now, and a big part of that, of course, is Todd Gurley. What are you guys seeing from him? Because, you know, everybody says he's lost a step. It's the knee and everything. 
I just feel like there's not as many huge holes opened up. There's not as much space, and you know, teams have figured out that offense. But I don't see Todd Gurley out there limping around. No, he, he he's not limping. He doesn't look explosive, and that jet sweep isn't doing what it did for him this year that it did last year. That that jet sweep, you do that to open the defense up, to get everyone to expand, and now those gaps open up. So now with people figuring out the jet sweep now he's got to play big boy football and run like a chris carson and 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 break a tackle right off the line and he's just not doing that his game isn't built for that so as long as you can compact the box and get contained with that jet sweep and force him to make a to 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 break a tackle um at the line of scrimmage i think you have a good chance because he doesn't really want to do that three years ago they killed us here then last year we lost twice in you know very good contested games we closed the gap and then we beat them the first game here you know which was one of the great games uh, again uh, to me we've expanded that uh, it, it's this is a physical football game we they, they've got their number that doesn't mean they're they can't beat us that doesn't mean they're not dangerous but they're not a better football team than we are now three years ago they were light years ahead of us yeah. you know like a year ago they were better than us now it, you know that's crossed the line again we're better than they are i'll tell you what, later on we'll talk about clayton and i have to have him remind me i, I think they're without a first round pick for like three five years. years five Five. Five years. My goodness. 80% of their salary cap are to 10 players. Wow. And then, you know, they, they felt like they had a window here, and it was a short window, and it looks like it's closing now, so they're not exactly built for the future. Well, coming up next, speaking of uh, players that are built for the future, Cody Barton, and he's not got on the field a lot because uh, he's got some pretty good linebackers in front of him. But coming up next on Hawks Live, we'll talk to rookie linebacker Cody Barton. Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9 live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back. It's Hawks live here at the Snoqualmie Casino. Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, Dave Wyman, and we got on the phone Cody Barton. Cody, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great, man. Uh, hey, uh, tell us, uh, as a rookie coming into town, did you have family in town for Thanksgiving, or what did you do for uh, for Thanksgiving? Well, my my mom had a family friend that lived up here, so I went to their cabin for a couple hours, and I went to KJ Wright's house, actually, for the evening and had dinner nice. there. All right, so the veterans took care of you. Mm-hmm. Made me feel like I was at home. It was, it was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just seems like. Uh, were you kind of surprised by that? Because you know, like uh, we talked to Ugo Amadi, and he said he couldn't believe that Bobby Wagner came up and talked to him. You know, when he first got there and introduced himself, and it just seems like uh, the veterans. You know, in my day, you used to get hazed, and I'm sitting next to Paul Moyer, who was a veteran when I came in, and he treated me terrible. Well, you deserved it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not right. Yeah, so, middle linebacker. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Cody. I didn't mean. That. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I mean, it just seems like uh were you kind of surprised by the 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 way that this team kind of the veterans really take the young guys in yeah i mean going in i'd heard that you know the rookies get it pretty bad this and that but then i was actually surprised at how welcoming they were and how helpful you know on and off the field they were with with everything from day to day and so i mean it definitely makes your life easier it makes you feel more welcome that's for sure and just you know i'm grateful for that Cody, Brighton High School, Cottonwood Heights, Utah. My, my son went on a recruiting tip, trip to Utah, really, really liked it. But talk about that, just how special Utah and, you know, are you surprised the success 
they have right now? Um, no, not at all. I mean, they're just, you know, under Winningham, it's just the things he preaches is toughness, you know, and just grit and stuff like that. Similar to the things at the Seahawks. And so just being a tough physical team, you know, every single week and just, I mean, you know, not the offense is balling out too, you know, it just comes hand in hand. Utah's always been known for their defense. And now that the offense is scoring points, it just, it's finally starting to light up. I mean, you're only a year removed from that. And, you know, I, I hate listening to the ESPN SEC network, which is, is one and the same. But talk about, are they legit? I mean, if they went up against, you know, Clemson or Ohio State, do they have the players to compete and still win that thing? Yeah, I believe so. I really, I, I think so. And, you know, especially on the defensive side, I'm a defensive guy, so I'm always rooting for the defense. And I think, I think Utah's defense is just as good as any defense. We're we're three packed, twelve ten guys. I'm I'm a ten. I'm a ten. A- I'm Arizona a 10. State, Stanford, yeah. and Washington State. So we're we're definitely pulling for Utah on this one. Hey Cody, um, I appreciate that. After training camp, you know, coaches were talking about just how smart you are, how you can play um, every linebacker position. If you were to start a game next week, where would you prefer to play? Inside, outside? What do you like? I like inside better. Just because I like being off the ball and being able to, you know, dissect and read my keys and just shoot gaps and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, being outside, you know, playing outside back at you has its pros and stuff like that. Being able to hold the edge and come off the edge, um, defend the pass on the, on the perimeter and stuff. And so, I mean, I just like playing, to be honest. I just love playing football. I liked, you know, I played Mike and Will in a 3-4 and then also in a 4-3. And I always thought Will was, like, kind of carefree. Like, you know, the Mike has to make all the calls, everything, but you get to just run around and make plays on the backside. And is that is that the same uh, case in, in your defense? I mean, I think I think every position, any linebacker position, that's where you can run around and and be able to just make plays. I mean, obviously, at the mic position, you got to give the call. But then, once that ball snapped, I think all the backers have, you know, a great chance to fly around and, and make their plays. You know what I mean? So, Cody, the last three games, the defense has been playing lights out. And, and against three good offensive teams. And, you know, we're all trying to finger point, you know, what, what is it? Is you're watching, you know, is it tighter secondary play? Is it better pass rush? What do you think it is? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're not really calling different plays, but wh- why do you think such a drastic, you know, success the last three weeks? I think to me, it's just everyone just realizing the importance of just doing your job and how it all fits together like a big puzzle piece. Just doing, doing your one eleventh and how it all just fits together. You know, and just, um, you know, whether it's just standing, being true to your gap, and not doing not making stuff up and trying to do the extra to go make a crazy play, just doing your job. And it just, it just looks really good on film. Hey, Cody, um, during camp, you and Burke Irvin were roommates, and obviously he went to UW, you're a Ute. Um, is there any smack talking going on now? I mean, <laughs> you know, the Utes are balling, the UW is down. How are you guys handling that situation? <laughs> oh, we hate each other. Um, that's kidding. <laughs> no, ben, I'm a, Ben's my good buddy. Um, I mean, we at first we were talking smack like the training camp and this and that, and as the season went on, of course, and then obviously when Utah played Washington, we were talking smack, and and so, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of settled down now just because, you know, Washington hasn't been doing as good this year as Utah, but at the same time, he'll always be like, well, you never beat me, so, 
Cody, who else were you recruited by? I mean, you're a Utah kid who grew up there, went to high school. I'm sure it's a place you wanted to go, but where where else were you recruited? I briefly talked to Washington State at one point. I believe Colorado came and talked to me one time. Uh, Weber State one time. But besides that, just like I think Utah's my only official scholarship offer I ever got. And so. But then again, that was my dream school. My parents played there. My brother was playing there. Uh, My uncles played there. And so that was just, that was my dream school. So once they offered me going into my senior season, I committed. And so any, any school that wanted to come and recruit me after that, I just, I would just let it know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to Utah. Yeah, you, you pretty much had no choice there with your parents yeah. going yeah, there and brother and everything. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Cody, it's no, funny my, we had my sister almost broke. Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I'm saying my sister almost broke the streak. She was actually committed to USC for volleyball for a little bit, and then family ties got to her in the end. The the guilt or something of trying to flip, and so she came back to Utah. <laughs> hey, uh, we were talking to Ben Burkirvin, uh the other day, and you know, I, I, I was asking him, uh, you know, about how much. There's probably a, a point where you don't want to bother Bobby and KJ and Michael, but I mean, as a rookie, and you seem like a pretty curious guy. I see you, you're a great communicator. You talk like you're obviously trying to soak up as much as you can. And Ben uh, said, "Yeah, we ask him, we ask them lots of questions, but we try not to be." too annoying <laughs> but uh, tell us about how much those guys have helped you as far as stuff on the field and what are some of the things that you've learned from kj michael and uh, and bobby yeah i mean all three of those guys it helps out a ton and i know what you mean though like uh ben's right about you know we try to ask him as many questions as possible without bothering him you know what i mean because if someone's asking you questions every minute of every day i mean i'd get old so yeah. um you know, we, we try to be careful with it, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in as much as I can, and just all three of those guys, have t- you know, just have taught me just little, little secrets here and there, just little styles of how, you know, they all three have different uh, playing styles and how, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and so I'm just, I just try to nitpick every little thing they do and just see what works for me and what doesn't, you know what I mean, and just find my own yeah. style. Hey, Cody, in college you typically play about ten to twelve games, so you're entering your twelfth week. In the NFL, um, does it seem like uh, it's dragging on, that it's long? Um, how's that adjustment going for you? No, I think it's, it's actually going by really fast. I've heard, you know, some of the guys, the older guys were telling me that, you know, there's this thing called the rookie wall or whatever it's called. And some guys, you know, get burnt out, this and that. But, you know, for me, I feel great. I feel like the season's just flying by. We're already, we already have four more games left. It's flying by. What do yeah, you I always felt like you know it's great because you just play football. You don't have to do any homework. Oh, the only thing is you got to pay bills now. That's that's different than college. But homework, you're getting paid to play football. Homework, I don't remember homework. I went, to Arizona, State, went to Arizona State. So State. I, I yeah, had lots didn't of have girlfriends. There. <laughs> no, I had a lot of girlfriends that did my homework. Um, Cody, what do you like to do on your day off, especially Monday night? So you go into Tuesday, you finally get something to relax. What, what, what keeps you busy on your day off night? Back when it was warm on my day offs, I would, you know, well, my day offs, you know, we go in in the mornings, I do a mini workout, then we'll do some little bit of film, just like just the players. And then we're typically done by like noon or one. So we have the rest of the day, just do whatever we want. Um, when it was, and when it was warm, I would go, uh, I'd go up towards like Snoqualmie somewhere over there, there's some big river down there. And I'd just go 
try to find fishing holes for a few hours and then come back and watch film. But now that it's getting colder, I just, you know, I might lay around, watch TV, just watch a lot of film, to be honest. <laughs> hey, it sounds like my life. Yes. Yeah. You linebacker stick together. Yeah. Don't you, Dave? Uh, hey, Cody, uh, thanks so much <laughs> for taking the time, brother. I appreciate you coming on with us and uh, keep doing what you're doing and, and have a great uh, rest of the season. Will do. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, yeah. Cody. There he goes, Cody Barton. Go Utes. Rookie sensation. I'm really looking forward to, to Friday night. I am too. Yeah, and I think Utah. I, I really think they're, they're, they're the best physical. team. And, yeah. I, and I do think they can compete. It'll be a battle, but yeah. uh, I think they got that, that moxie. You know, Who's that, home? Yep. Well, it's in Santa Clara. It's in oh, Santa Clara. Yeah, 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 You've so. you never been to the... Oh, no, nah, there was no championship. No, nah, there was man. no championship for me either. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's not throw shots at each other right before the break. We got to go to break. Oh, Paul. yeah, you will. All right, Dave. when we come back, you can give him a hard time. Okay. All right, coming up next, we got the professor John Clayton. That's next on Hawk Life. Hawks live every Thursday from seven to nine, live at Snoqualmie Casino on seven ten ESPN Seattle. Hey, welcome to the Snoqualmie Casino. What a great place it is out here. It's awesome. Said this all the time after the last exit in Issaquah. It's about 10 minutes out here. Beautiful, great food, awesome atmosphere. We've got thousands of fans here. They're Let's hear it, folks. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, the microphones. It's Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, Dave Wyman. And now we've got the professor, John Clayton. John, how you doing? I'm doing great now that you can boogie on down. Boogie on down? <laughs> what do you mean by that? That was the last down. song. Yeah. I, oh, is that, that right? That John, I'm Look with you. Yeah, I was listening. You guys are so hip. Yes. Yeah, it's like a I'm a into song. funk, so it's like, I'm sorry. You are a funk guy. What's your, what's Makes what's my your... funks a P-funks because I want to get funked up. <laughs> Whoa, Clayton, you were making me really nervous there for a second no, when you, you were, were saying you're, you're, you're John, was... you should have come right, up here. Right. They've got a great steak place here. They've got a great wine selection. If you were drinking a wine, what, what's your favorite one? It, it's weird because I had to change in the last couple of years because I'm a big Cabernet guy, particularly a California Cabernet. And for whatever reason, for lighter reasons, and I guess maybe to you know kind of keep my weight down, I, I've been drinking more Cabernet. Why? I have no idea. Yeah, John, you really have a weight problem. Come on. Yeah, I, Come I mean, on. my 165 pounds is really causing a big issue. Well, and now you're going up and down the sidelines and uh, avoiding, uh, like, Xavier Rhodes throwing his helmet on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. You saw uh, Lamar Jackson throwing his wristband from the, the sidelines. What did you see from what, – what stood out to you, John? We answered this question. Uh, that win over Minnesota – you know, and even though it turned out to be thirty-seven thirty, I just thought that there was uh, it was much more of a dominant win than that score indicated. But uh, what was the thing that stood out to you in that game? It just stood out that uh, you know the 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 Vikings aren't. And again, when we saw them in the preseason and we were there in Minnesota, you know, I thought Minnesota had the better team because I didn't know where the pass rush of Seattle was going to be. And what's evolved is now Seattle getting a better pass rush. They've become the better team, getting Quandre Diggs at the safety position. That's made them a better team. Certainly getting Jadavian Clowney's made them a better team. And so, you know, it's like the, the, they're all both playoff teams, and they're both good teams. I mean, each of those teams are among the best five teams in football. But I think Seattle has come out better. But Minnesota's still good. Don't count them out for the division because, again, they can still compete against Green Bay, maybe be able to get Green Bay, but they were good. But I'll tell you the one guy that was absolutely and tor- horrible is Xavier Rhodes. And, you know, it was funny because 
we were remarking about it, and he's had a bad season. He's 29 years old. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's making a big amount of money. He won't be back with the team next year. I can guarantee that because he's in a couple years of his contract, and he's going to be let go. But uh, I'm just amazed how bad he was. It got to the point where one of the guys over in the sideline said, you watch. If they put Rhodes back in the game, he's going to get. they're going to throw on him and beat him. Well, fortunately for, I guess, maybe it was because of the incident with the throwing of the helmet, you know, they didn't put him back in the game for one series, and then they came back, and I think they, you know, DK Metcalf caught a short pass on him, and they didn't get a first down. But, I mean, Rhodes has been terrible, and honestly, what it came down to is that his speed is gone, and he didn't want to produce. He didn't seem to want to care. Hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, because there are some games where I, you know, I thought he was tight in coverage on the short routes, but they got beat, what, for 19 touchdowns going into that mm-hmm. game. Here's what we do know, John. The, the wild card team is not coming out from the NFC East. I, I mean, this no. is shocking. <laughs> Safe to say. I, I'm shocked again. I, you know, you think that, you know, the Cowboys would rally, get a little vote of confidence for Garrett from Jones. But, you know, how do you think this thing's playing? I, I mean, Jones has already said he's not going to fire Garrett, you know, in the, in the season. But, you know, this game here, you shocked at how bad they're getting beat? Well, you know, 100% because they come out. They get the good, like it did in the uh, Thursday and uh, the Thanksgiving game, got the opening drive, and you figure, okay, they're back to being the Cowboys. Remember, they got 15 Pro Bowl caliber team, or 15 guys who have been to the Pro Bowl on their roster. Not saying that there are 15 Pro Bowl caliber teams currently on the roster, but they come out with all this talent. They get the opening touchdown drive like they did in the Thanksgiving game, and now they were down 24 to 17. You know, now they're down 24 14, but they just look awful. I mean, it took them until this game over 226 plays to get a turnover with all the talent that they have on defense i mean this is one of the most underachieving teams in football and i'm stunned because you got Dak prescott with the number one offense you know they kind of went against the grain not running the ball as much with ezekiel elliott making more of a passing team which is probably a mistake but i am just absolutely stunned and remember this now, the NFC East, is the worst division since 2008, where you saw the Seahawks, you saw the uh, NFC West. You know They were a 341 team in out-of-division games. This team entering tonight, the NFC East, was 333, and they're losing right now in this game. Hey, John, obviously we're going to watch the Rams versus Seahawks when they go down to L.A., but the next big game most Hawks fans will be looking at is the Niners versus the Saints. Um, who should the 12s be rooting for in that game? Absolutely, it's got to be New Orleans. I don't care about the number one seed. Make sure you get into the number one or number two seed, and you do that by winning the division. If you wrote for San Francisco, you leave yourself no room for error. And if you do that, you're hurting yourself. Sure, you can lose this game, still be able to win in the last game of the season against San Francisco, but what if you lose to the Rams? What if you lose in an upset to one of the other two teams coming up? I mean, it would be horrible. And so you, you take care of business and the most important thing. And Michael Bumpus, you know, as a coach, what are you going to preach? Win the division. Worry about the rest later. And sure, New Orleans may get the number one seed, and maybe you have to travel to New Orleans to try to get to the Super Bowl, but make sure you can get some kind of a bye week. And by winning against the Rams, winning against, you know, whatever it's going to be, you know, make sure that San Francisco doesn't win this division. And with New Orleans, it's not guaranteed they're not going to win the division, but if New Orleans wins this game, it hurts the chances of the 49ers winning the division. 
Yeah, I mean, I could see it playing out. We get the two seed, and, you know, San Francisco has to go to New Orleans, you know, in the second mm-hmm. round. You know, we, we would host potentially Green Bay, and, you know, I, I, I see it playing out. We host San Francisco again. Uh, if we were the number two seed, so I, I agree, John. You, you've got to take care of your division. We're, but we're ten and two. It's only happened three times: nineteen eighty four, two thousand thirteen, I believe, and and this year. How many Pro Bowlers though are we going to have? Normally, a ten and two team, you're you're looking at six, seven, eight guys. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, one, two. How many, how many guys no, you it's think it's building make up? Because again, I think you can see Jadevian Clowney should be a Pro Bowl guy. Uh, Bobby Wagner should be a Pro Bowl guy. I think you can see the Chris Carson, Russell Wilson, Pro Bowl guys. And it was interesting because you know I track all the voting on the fans, and for the first time, an offensive lineman uh, emerged in the top ten for voting uh, in in the fans this week. And you know who it is? Jermaine Fetty. Joey Hunt. No. Unbelievable. In the top ten, Joey Hunt, who's only started three games, came out as number ten. And it's like, how about that? And so this is fan voting, right? Fan voting, that's correct. How I mean everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. And again, you know how it goes because you know, you've got the you know, like San Francisco. it's funny because it's almost two to one with the NFC leading the AFC as far as the voting for the fan vote in the top ten. I mean it's like uh it's ridiculous numbers, like one forty six to what is it, one forty six to one uh uh it's like one fifty six to one 34, something like that. It's ridiculous for the 190 votes. But it's amazing to think that, uh, you know, you, you can see that, uh, you know, Seattle's now gaining more momentum and the NFC teams are gaining more momentum because, you know, they're all eight, nine, ten win teams and they're, they're just like dominating the voting. And so Seattle's now up to 12 as far as the voting in the uh, all-star game by the fans. But, uh, you know, you can you can see that, you know, Wagner's going to make it without question. Russell Wilson's going to make it without question. Chris Carson's going to make it without resting because he's what 19 yards away, 11 yards away from a thousand yard season. And you know, you know Tyler Lockett's going to be in the mix, but he had to be maybe more of a uh, alternate than anything else. But you know, you, the two guys that aren't going to get in there are playing now at a Pro Bowl alternate level like they did last year, and that's Quandre Diggs and Bradley McDougal. Speaking of Pro Bowl. Um I looked up the stats, and K.J. is like number six or eight in tackles um, in the NFL. What are the chances that he gets in? He started his own campaign to try to get guys to he vote for him. What, what do you think about K.J.? It's going to be tough because what happens now is that you got K.J. Wright. It's kind of like Thomas Davis who had to wait to his like 31, 32 years old to get into his first Pro Bowl. And with K.J.'s playing great, and he is playing at a Pro Bowl level. But now you're going against the three, four outside linebackers, and those are the guys that tend to get in. And you, you look over at Green Bay. I mean, you got uh, the two Smiths that they signed, and, and uh, both. Both in you know double digits as far as where they are as sacks, and so that's going to make it tough because you know outside linebackers have a tougher time. I mean, you know the top two, whatever year it's going to be, is Luke Keekley and Bobby uh, Wagner. Bobby Wagner, I think, has a little bit of a lead over Luke as far as the fan vote, and ultimately it'll probably be Bobby Wagner. But uh, you know, it's uh, the outside linebacker spot is tough mainly because you're going against the pass rushing outside linebackers. All right, Professor. Well, we appreciate it. You enjoy your uh, your next Cabernet. Okay, boogie on down. <laughs> boogie on down. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, All right, John. John.
There he goes, the Professor John Clayton. Coming up next, uh, we were talking about awards and things like that. How about Coach of the Year, GM of the Year? You know, we're going down the closing stretch here with the Rams on Sunday, so we thought it would be good to take a look back at all the players and the plays that stood out over the past four games. We'll talk about that next on Hawks Live.